The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from The Other Side of Midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary. Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. With clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Good evening, and welcome to The Other Side of the News. And tonight is our 74th edition. The title of our show this evening is The Great Reject. And our special guests are Lewis Arms and Brian Isley. Tonight, we're having our show and it's, uh, with my co-host, Kimpia, who is in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we're also co-hosting with Timothy Saunders, who's in Turkey. So it's early Saturday morning for Timothy and it is Friday night for Kimthea and myself and our guests. Actually, we have a bunch of Californians on the the line tonight. So tonight uh, we're going to go over a lot of things, but I want to first talk about the uh, website. Uh, Some people have written in and our, our website, we've got a new domain and it's the other side of the news.com. You can go directly in And I point that out because at that place you can find all of our show pages and there are many, many articles and documents that we put up every week that are cataloged there. And you can always go back in the archives and find those as well as our shows that are archived. And we will have 74 as of tonight and they are all available 24-7. You can download them and they are all free of charge because we believe what we're putting out there needs to be spread far and wide. Without further ado, I'm going to tell you a little story that I came across that I thought was really apropos. And it's about the donkey. And I'm having a battle with my cat right now, so sorry. (laughs) Uh, It's about the donkey and the tiger. The donkey told the tiger, the grass is blue. The tiger replied, no, the grass is green. The discussion became heated, and the two decided to submit the issue to arbitration. So they approached the lion. As they approached the lion on his throne, the donkey started screaming, Your Highness, isn't it true the grass is blue? The lion replied, If you believe it is true, the grass is blue. The donkey rushed forward and continued, The tiger disagrees with me. He contradicts me. He annoys me. Please punish him. The king then declared, the tiger will be punished with three days of silence. The donkey jumped with joy and went on his way, intent, and repeating, the grass is blue, the grass is blue. The tiger asked the lion, your majesty, why have you punished me? After all, the grass is green. 
the lion replied, You've known and seen that the grass is green. So the tiger asked, So why do you punish me? The lion replied, That has nothing to do with the question of whether the grass is blue or green. The punishment is because it is degrading for a brave, intelligent creature like you to waste time arguing with an ass. And on top of that, you came and bothered me with the question just to validate something you already knew was true. The biggest waste of time is arguing with a fool and a fanatic who doesn't care about the truth or reality, but only the victory of his beliefs and illusions. Never waste time on discussions that make no sense. There are people for all the evidence presented to them do not have the ability to understand. Others who are blinded by ego, hatred, or resentment. And the only thing that they want is to be right, even if they are not. When ignorance screams, intelligence moves on. Speak not in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of thy words. That's Proverbs 23, 9. So in summary, don't worry about the donkeys you encounter in life. Find the other tigers and lions. Hang out with them. Nurture, support, and uplift each other so you can make a difference for everyone, maybe even a donkey. Okay, so with that, I'd love to hear from my co-host, Timothy or Cynthia. What do you have to say about what's going on in your part of the world this week? Well, good morning, because it is very early here. <laughs> uh, thank you for that introduction, Annette. For me... Yeah, the two stories that really stick in my mind are, first of all, uh, following on from our guest, Max Egan, last week, he exposed uh, in a rather revealing interview, some would even say a whistleblower blow in interview, with a man called John Looney, uh, who is a funeral director in the UK. He's basically come out, and this is the second interview I've seen in recent weeks. The first one I saw he did with uh, Richie Allen, where he is basically coming out with a blow-by-blow -blow account of the last two years. And he's an independent funeral director who previously used to work with huge company, which dealt with something like 60% of the market. So he had a, a good section of what was going on in life. Why am I banging on about this is because I think that, you know, at the end of the day, when you forget the politics and when you forget the who, why, how and everything else, if there is indeed a pandemic going on, then a lot of people will be departing, checking out of this planet. And he has seen very, very different flow rates than should be expected from a pandemic. And secondly, what's very interesting and very revealing is when increases did actually occur, which did not occur in uh, in accordance with the sort of the waves which were being set up by the media and the government. Uh, when people did actually check out was, you know, a huge spike just after the vaccinations began. So I, I'm not going to spoil it. I think it's worth investing your time to listen. The, the link is in my section and uh, it's, it's under the Crow House, Max Egan, and uh, this man is called John O'Looney. I think he has nothing to gain from this apart from share the truth, his truth. And I think it's well worth your, your listening time. Now, the other one, 
which stays in my mind as well, is from a doctor, Dr. Peter McCulloch. And he is a well-experienced professional doctor, well-respected. And he has some interesting things to add. So, Keith, I'd like to ask you to queue up uh, sound at exit A, please. And you probably are well aware of this in Israel. Far more than 80% of people who are developing COVID-19 are fully vaccinated. The Delta peak in Israel is just as big as the pre-vaccinated peak. It's obvious the vaccine is not stopping Delta. Almost everybody has uh, 80, 90%, 100% Delta. Go over to Singapore, same thing. Go over to Iceland, same thing. Uh, Gibraltar, same thing. Uh, go up to the UK. Now we're talking about probably 50% of those with Delta are fully vaccinated. Um, uh, and of those who are dying in the UK, it's about 65% fully vaccinated. Okay, 65%. And their death rates among those hospitalized uh, with Delta in the UK, as well as the United States, the death rates are higher than compared to unvaccinated. So a paper by um, Fahrenholt in Houston studied these individuals, and they were the one to break the news that a fully vaccinated person could get Delta, contract it, and pass it to another vaccinated person. Venkata Krishnan started studying this and found that the Delta variant, the, the spike protein, had uh, changed its conformation where the antibodies from Pfizer cannot hit it. So the, the antibodies from Pfizer now are useless. Even in high concentrations, they can't seem to hit Delta adequately. And then this whole thing blew open last week with a report out of Oxford, the tropical medicine unit located in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. They were fully vaccinated workers with AstraZeneca about two months after being vaccinated. So it's as good as you're going to get. And they started to develop Delta. It was a very well done study. It was published in Lancet. And then the bombshell finding was that the viral loads in the mouth and nose of those vaccinated were 251 times that from the, the uh, previous unvaccinated era. So as we sit here today, the vaccinated are, it appears to be super spreaders. They are carrying large <laughs> amounts of virus and then passing it to the unvaccinated. Well, that was uh, the voice of Dr. Peter McCullough. He's a board certified medical practitioner and he is well experienced, well respected. And he also welcomes recovered patients uh, from COVID-19. He is somebody who apparently is playing a straight game and feels obliged to report what he sees. And what he sees is a lot of the, uh, the vaccinations are duds, he's calling them. Uh, and secondly, people who have been vaccinated can also be super spreaders. So it really does bring more and more questions to the surface. So that's what I'd like to add at the moment. Kintia, good evening. How are you? Thank you, Timothy, and thank you, Aneta. How am I? Hmm, I'm at a crossroads. I am looking at what's happening in the landscape of our humanity here. The choices that are being thrust on, or I should say lack of choices that are being thrust on, our youth, our students, our children, the quandary they're in. Children who were unaffected by COVID, none of them died, are now dying and being crippled and having heart problems from this jab. And yet our government wants to mandate and force the children to be vaccinated. What is going on here? This is our future. Just yesterday, I received a message from one of our listeners She's a student at a naturopathic healing institute. 
And they kicked her out because she was not wearing the mask enough. Well, that was an expensive result. They didn't refund her her time or the money spent in the course. And you'd think that a naturopathic school would be more enlightened. But no, this is how deep the cancer has gone. So I turn inward and I look for that, hmm, the road sign to sanity. (laughs) And it comes with a still, quiet voice. It's an inner knowing. I am confident that humanity is on a cusp of great change. I know it looks really bad out there. I know the storm is really dark. And I anchor into the awareness that after this storm, it will be a beautiful life for all. But how many of us will make it to the other side? I have no idea. It might be this generation or it might take another. Because surely we have to wake up to the knowing that our bodies innately know how to heal and maintain health. The idea that a fake science can supplant the divine blueprint of our being is unthinkable to me. We've survived many, 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 many catastrophes, plagues, illnesses, and now... These fake scientists want to make us reliant on their pharmaceuticals so they can line their pockets and still do us in. This is a time of great change, and each of us are facing those questions. And those questions are coming up throughout our families. People that I know and love are in one camp and the others in another camp. Parents and children divided. This is a time when each of us independently to survive these times must find the path to that inner knowing. How to listen to that still quiet voice. It's not an arrogant voice. It's not self-righteous. It is a knowing, a deep knowing. Think of it. Have you ever thought about telling your heart how to beat or your lungs how to breathe or your digestive system how to assimilate the nutrients from the food? No, our bodies have the intelligence to do that. And now they want to impose some artificial means to take the place of the divine blueprint. I say no, I will not surrender. Time to be a stand for sanity. The recognition that our innate, our body, has the wisdom to support us in radiant health. And it requires our cooperation just to let it do what it does. I mean, you breathe, right? You exhale. (laughs) So the purpose of exhaling is what? Uh, To get the toxins out. So does it make any sense to choke yourself with breathing your own toxins? It's totally contrary to the way the body was designed to function. And the body requires sunlight, vitamin D. 
does it make any sense to lock yourself away in front of a computer instead of being out in the bright sunshine, basking in that glory? So how am I? I'm looking for the inner landscape of sanity. And I am living in that space that all will be well. All will be well. And those who wake up, they will make it through the eye of the needle. And those who don't, well, dear ones, and I have some in my family, they will come around next time and they will have another opportunity. So with that, I just want to tell you, anchor into the truth of your being, your innate intelligence, your inner wisdom. That's what will sustain us. And that's what gives me the courage to get up another day and move forward. Because I know that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because the light is upon us and we are moving forward. So I love you all. Back to you. Yes. You. Well, <laughs> I agree with that, and I, and I have a lot to say about that. But I'm going to talk about what I actually planned on saying, which is this is as close as we get to the news summary, in my opinion, about things. And today, September 17th, is a really significant day because, as you may know or not, today is the 234th birthday of the Constitution of the United States of America. It's such a significant document that... All other democracies around the world have used this as a template to form their own constitutions. And it is held, of course, longer than any other democracy because it was the first one. So we have this lovely document and people need to understand what it's there for. It's there to protect we the people from the government. That was the whole purpose it was so that the government would not tread on our rights as the people. And it laid out exactly what the government was to do or not to do. It is the blueprint for how things are to go. This is really a document that everyone needs to read and become familiar with. It is so crucial to what is going on right now. And we really need to understand it as we see so many unconstitutional executive orders and mandates and stuff coming down from the guy who's pretending to be in charge of the country. So this week, you know, we've endured once again, we've had to endure a stumbling, mumbling, bumbling, old fool, humiliating every American and causing the rest of the world to be embarrassed for us. And it's causing fear and lack of trust in our allies and vulnerability as far as our adversaries are concerned. Some are calling for impeachment, but I personally think that's not appropriate given the crimes committed. Uh, there's more proof every day that there's been high crimes and misdemeanors, and that will call for treason. And treason is punishable by death. So we'll see how this works out. But uh, I'm on that side, and I want to be clear that's where I stand with that. Back in the day, we had capable leadership. And I, I have this book that I love that has all these documents in it. And I was reading this week about Dwight Eisenhower's uh, farewell address that he delivered on January 17, 1961 to his fellow citizens. 
I'm going to read you a little bit here. In holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become capable of scientific technological elite. Crisis there will continue to be in meeting them, whether foreign or domestic, great or small, there is a recurring temptation to feel that some spectacular and costly action could become the miraculous solution to all current difficulties. But each proposal must be weighted in the light of a broader consideration, the need to maintain balance. Balance between the cost and the hoped-for advantage. Balance between the clearly necessary and the comfortably desirable. Balance between our essential requirements as a nation and the duties imposed by the nation upon the individual. These are wise words indeed. Sadly, the system we live under today is nearly exactly the opposite. There are constant temptations that some spectacular and costly action could become the miraculous solution we all need, whether it's universal basic income, growth-killing punitive tax rates, Medicare for all, modern monetary theory. Hmm, That's interesting. Mass lockdowns and debilitating COVID protocols. There's no balance. There's no discussion of cost versus benefit, of necessary versus desirable, of national interest versus freedom. Have we had any of that? I haven't. And the public policy has absolutely become captive to a scientific technological elite. You can't even call this science anymore. Scientists, and I'm putting that in big air quotes over here, today believe that a man can get pregnant, that two and two equals white supremacy, and that anyone rioting, peacefully protesting for social justice, would be protected from the virus because of their moral righteousness. That doesn't sound like science. These are the people who are in charge now. And rather than seeking balance, their approach is whatever it takes. They'll do whatever it takes to eradicate that COVID threat. They will suspend civil liberties, dismantle basic property rights, and censor anyone who expresses dissent. I think everyone on this program has experienced plenty of that. They will conjure trillions of dollars out of absolute thin air in debt future generations by trillions more and spend unlimited quantities of money without any thought or oversight. They will engineer inflation rates that are among the highest seen in more than 30 years. And then they deny that inflation is even a problem. They will cause an entire generation of young people to regress academically, socially, and physically. They will create the most ridiculous Hygiene and protocol theater saying things like wearing two masks is common sense uh, with zero science to support any of these assertions. With cold, calculated cruelty, they will grind up the Constitution and create first and second class citizenships. They will tell us that liquor stores and marijuana dispensaries are essential, but churches and schools, they are dangerous. They will trigger huge spikes in suicide undiagnosed cancer, alcoholism, and drug addiction. They will happily, in the name of social justice, brainwash five-year-olds telling them they were born the wrong sex and the tone of their skin makes them either victims or oppressors. And pedophilia really is okay. 
And then they coach students to ridicule anyone who thinks independently. They will ignore the loss of life for any reason except for COVID. And most of all, they will ignore the loss of our way of life, whatever it takes. But this just doesn't apply to COVID only. Oh, no. Earlier this year, the pretendency ordered his generals to pull out all U.S. trips out of Afghanistan by September 11th. As evidence shows, the intelligence community, the military analysts, and State Department all cautioned against such a cavalier approach. But the senile, incompetent, old dude persisted. Even though there would be zero strategic benefit, he wanted the troops out before September 11th. Why? The optics, to put a big red bow that was more important than any of that pesky collateral damage of human life, suffering, and casualties. So they abandoned $85 billion of equipment, weapons, ammunition, and vehicles to America's sworn enemies, who now are sharing all the technology and secrets to our same sworn enemies, all courtesy of the U.S. taxpayers. Did we agree to this? I don't think any of us did. Not to mention the border crisis. You know, that senile old dude sitting up there pretending he's in the White House? He hasn't even mentioned it in a month. He probably doesn't remember what he caused. Did he cause it? Maybe he was controlled by the same people that are shutting off the news feed every time he, like, loses track of his flashcards and starts to ramble on incoherently, and they cut the feed. The one that Blinken says doesn't exist. But I digress. Yesterday... The White House or whoever is actually controlling things there had the FAA issue a temporary flight restriction over the area so that you could not do drone photographs and show the American people the surging problem at the border. How yesterday, from yesterday morning, there were 3,000 people under this bridge where they're holding them, and it had surged to 10,000 in one day. They don't want you to see that because they'll do whatever it takes. So you can see the early warning signs of whatever this takes approach everywhere. Elections, the education system, climate change, ooh, my favorite, central banking and the monetary system, government spending, whatever it takes to deliberately shred all freedoms and God-given sovereignty. As we have seen aptly demonstrated in California this week, as the deep state actors in charge, air quotes, are quite capable of complete corruption. People ask how they can ignore the Constitution, violate all rights by treaty or organic law. The answer is they can, and they will, ignore all of us up until we, the people, rise up against them and say, no more. Tonight, we have as guests two individuals that are doing just that, and they will be sharing their insights, truths, and ideas with us. So I look forward to opening that conversation. Right now, I'm going to have a excerpt played, and I hope you enjoy it. We'll come back right after this break. It's just a short shutdown. It's just 15 days to slow the spread. It's just social distancing. It's just six feet apart. It's just a temporary furlough. It's just working from home. It's just a few layoffs. It's just the non-essential. It's just temporarily closing your small business. It's just closing down your church. It's just cashless payments. It's just to protect yourself. It's just to protect others. It's just online learning for a semester. It's just online learning for two semesters. 
It's just mandatory so kids can go back to school. It's just virtual graduations. It's just one lonely Thanksgiving. It's just one lonely Christmas. It's just one lonely Easter. It's just one lonely birthday. It's just canceling one baby shower. It's just one wedding you'll have to miss. It's just not seeing your grandparents this year. It's just not being able to lay them to rest. It's just a piece of cloth. It's just a face shield. It's just something medical workers should wear. It's just one thing to cover your face. It's just two things to cover your face. It's just so you can get on an airplane. It's just something you have to wear all the time. It's just one stimulus check. It's just two stimulus checks. It's just three stimulus checks. It's just an eviction moratorium. It's just another trillion dollars of your tax money. It's just unemployment benefits. It's just so you can keep staying at home. It's just one injection. It's just two injections. It's just a few bad reactions. It's just a few side effects. It's just a booster. It's just updated guidance. It's just until we get the new variant under control. It's just a little card. It's just another mandate. It's just another lockdown. It's just a face scan. It's just a curfew. It's just a safety measure. It's just a microchip. It's just so everyone can prove they've gotten it. It's just door-to-door enforcement. It's just separating those who chose not to get it. It's just removing them from society altogether. It's just a fact check. It's just to fight fake news. It's just silencing those conservatives. It's just deplatforming the president. It's just deplatforming his supporters. It's just silencing those who question the narrative. It's just giving up a few of your freedoms. It's just so you can have a bank account. It's just so you can have a job. It's just so you can enter the store. It's just so you can provide for your family. It's just so we don't take your kids away from you. It's just so we can contact trace. It's just so we can track your movements. It's just so you can exist. It's just so we can get back to normal. It's just so we can get back to normal. It's just so we can get back to normal. Just stop. The word just has become the most dangerous word in history because they just wanted to see what you would tolerate. But the word just can also end this nightmare because if you just open your eyes, if you just realize where this is going, if you just refuse to comply, if you just refuse to conform, if you just refuse to submit, if you just stand up for your rights, if you just organize and push back, if you just stop patronizing those who despise you, if you just demand to be free, if you just realize your own power, if you just realize we have strength in numbers, if you just realize that we are the majority, their power will just disappear. And welcome back to the other side of the news. This is Kinthea. We have two really wonderful guests tonight. One is a repeat guest, and Lewis Herms has been on the show several times. And our other guest is Brian Isley. I'm going to just uh, share a little bit about them, and then I'm going to bring them on. So Lewis jumped out of the box nearly 40 years ago. He has studied the Cabal families and tracked their malevolent deeds, sounding the alarm with shocking revelations of how far they will go to undermine public health and freedom. One such event that cut to his core was when he discovered how big government operations were using Google to cover up the HARP program with a massive government-assisted mortgage campaign. Lewis is a strong presence in the Patriot community with a vast experience in uncovering the cabal campaigns. As of late, his focus and pride has been on the film, his film named Watch the Water, Trump, Q, and Deuterium. This film may be one of the greatest disclosure videos ever made and without hyperbole may shock the world. Lewis prides himself on being a reasoned person in the middle, dubbed the 4D bridge for helping people transition from 3D to 5D by simplifying messages. 
Certainly, he is an accomplished remote influencer. And you can find out more about him on his website, screwbiggov.com, screwbiggov.com. And our other guest tonight is Brian Isley. He's the founder and chairman of We the People OC, a team of concerned citizens who are seeking to hold the elected public officials accountable for their actions to ensure that they understand they represent We the People not govern us. He also serves as an executive director, CEO of a medical practice in Southern California. Prior to his current endeavor, he served as a senior executive with a major software company working with some of the largest corporations in the world. Brian is currently involved in developing two other projects that are focused upon medical and personal freedoms. He is part of a worldwide group that is focused upon providing infrastructure that brings back the concept of a community to suburban areas where there are town squares with all businesses, including hospitals focused on natural healing modalities, and that they uphold the constitutional rights to free speech, medical freedoms, and the right to medical privacy. Brian has degrees in political science, business, and vocal performance. He served in the U.S. Navy and graduated from Indiana University School of Law. Welcome, Brian, and welcome, Lewis. Good to have you on the other side of the news. Brian. Yes, thank you. I am curious when you have We the People OC. Is OC for Orange County? It's for Orange County, California, yes. Orange County, California. This is a in-depth project, and I'm wondering what led you down this road? What pulled you into really wanting to do this? Well, you know, I as as you said as in my bio, you know, I run a medical practice. And when COVID hit last year and our board of supervisors decided on February 25th, to do an emergency order to put the county of Orange into an emergency status. Again, February 25th. At that time, we did not have one single COVID case in the county. (laughs) And one of our supervisors said, uh, and I have it on video on our website, said that the reason they were doing this was so that they could have access to resources. Now, the state of California did not declare an emergency until I believe it was the 10th of March. So Orange County, as far as I can tell, was the first county in California and one of the first counties in the country to declare an emergency when there was no one sick. Oh, my gosh. So we started scratching our heads and going, this doesn't make any sense. Nobody's sick. So we just kind of, you know, then the the lockdowns came and all that, and we're going, this doesn't make sense. When we did the research on it, our, our, we have patients who actually own manufacturing plants in China. They were going back and forth to China. They came back to us in November of 2019 and said, you know, there's something weird going on and you guys need to learn about it because, you know, it's probably going to hit here at some point. So we did. And what we went was, oh, it's just a bad flu after we did all the research on it. And It was amazing the response 
that happened here in the U.S., all because of um, a gentleman whose name escapes me at the moment at the Imperial College of London, who made this just grandiose uh, prediction that two million Americans were going to die from March 15th to April 15th (laughs) of 2020. And of course, that didn't happen, right? So we're looking at all this and we're going, none of this makes sense. And, you know, we sat around, we're having people, you know, uh, over to our house and they're talking about all of these things and everybody's sitting around talking and they're complaining. I don't want to wear a mask. I don't like this. I don't like that. And we said, we got to do something about this. We can't just talk. We have to take action. And that's how this started. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, you know, and as as you know, one of my favorite things to talk about is that there are two types of people during this time. There are lions and there are sheep. And we realized very early on that we couldn't wake up the sheep. I tried. I got banned from Nextdoor. I got banned from Facebook. I got banned from every social media because I was trying to wake up the sheep mm-hmm. and it wasn't working. So I decided, you know what, we got to wake up the lions. And that's what we've done. And, you know, we've been fighting this battle. Um, When we were supposed to be living in our house and not get out, we were walking down to downtown Laguna Beach where I live, singing at the top of our voices, don't worry, be happy. Oh, good for you. (laughs) And people were looking at us like we were insane, right? But we had to do something Mm -hmm. because we couldn't, I was not going to sit in my house. And on 4th of July in 2020, yeah, 2020, I went, I I live, well, I don't anymore, I moved, but I lived five steps from the beach. Mm -hmm. And they closed our beaches here in Laguna. They put these orange fences across and it just made me mad. So I would climb those fences and I would go sit on the beach. Well, they had drones. So anytime you got your foot on the beach, a drone came and then the cops came and told you to get off. 4th of July... We're supposed to be celebrating our freedom, and they've got my beach locked down. Wow. I can't go on my beach. So I climbed the fence, and I sat on a rock. And about 20 minutes after I sat on that rock, two cops came up to me and said, you have to leave. And I said, why? They said, the beach is closed. And I said, I'm not on the beach. I'm on the rock overlooking the beach. And they said, sir, the beach is closed. And I said, I'm not on the beach. And we went back and forth for like 10 minutes on that. And the guy finally looked at me and he said, you know what, sir, I hate to do this to you, but if you don't get off of this rock and go back up to your home, I'm going to put you in handcuffs and take you to jail. Oh, my gosh. Like, so, what are you going to catch out there in the middle of nowhere? Right. I mean, there wasn't air. another it's soul like... around, right? <laughs> Except for him. (laughs) Except for him. And actually, I said to him, I said, well, you know what? You need to actually go seven feet away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't believe in social distancing. You know, that was made up by a 14-year-old by the name of Laura Glass in Albuquerque, New Mexico in 2006. But, you know, I just said that. I said that to kind of just be a jerk a little bit because I Uh wanted him to understand, you know, what I was, was talking about. So I finally said, okay, fine. And I went back to my house and I was just mad. I was spitting mad. And that's when I decided I'm done. I'm not going to sit back anymore. And I started talking with people. We got a few people together. They all said the same thing. We're not going to tolerate this. We are not going to comply. And that's how we got started. And it's just grown with all of the people. You know, we've been working very hard to wake up all the lions. 
mm-hmm. because we're not waking up the sheep. And, and you know, my other thing I always tell people is sheep are lunch. <laughs> so you can either be a sheep or you can be a lion, mm-hmm. but we're looking for lions. Mm-hmm. And what's really exciting is as we've gone down this path now for almost a year, we are waking up the lions. And every week we have more and more lions waking up. So and can you go ahead? Can you, can you share some of some of the things that you've accomplished? Like, have you changed any mandates or laws or? Well, I wish that I could say that we have. I did actually do one thing, which I love. Um, so Laguna Beach uh, put up these signs. They were these hideous yellow signs all over town that said, wear a mask, it's the law. It's not the law. <laughs> it wasn't a law, right? It's a, it's a guidance issued by the California Department of Public Health. So having gone to law school, I know what the difference is between a law, a rule, an executive order and a guidance and a guidance is a definition of a rule and it does not carry the force of law. So it's not a law. So I immediately reached out to the um, mayor of Laguna beach and told him, you know, this, this is violating several things. Number one, the guidance says that you don't have to wear a mask. If you have certain medical conditions, you're not telling people that you're making them think they have to wear a mask. So I fought them and fought them. And then one day I had an epiphany and I said, you know what? I'm going to hit them with the fact that they are practicing medicine without a license. Oh, good for you. (laughs) So I wrote them a letter and I said, you know, um, you guys are practicing medicine without a license and I am going to get an attorney and I am going to also contact the California medical board. And between the two, we are going to come down hot and heavy on you the next week. The signs were gone. Wow. And that was May probably of 2020. Mm-hmm. So they put the signs up in, in March and in May of 2020, maybe June. I can't remember which. Uh, those were gone. So we have had the ability to, to make some impact. We're, we've got people scared. So we have our elected officials scared. Because uh, the Board of Supervisors meetings that we have, we have managed to get people in the neighborhood of 1,600 to 1,700 people to come to a Board of Supervisors meeting. How do they all fit there? Well, well, you can't all go inside, but see, for Mm -hmm. a while we couldn't go inside anyway because Mm -hmm. they wouldn't allow us to go inside except to speak. So we would stand in a line and then 10 people at a time could go inside and they were behind plexiglass and we were in another area and, you know, it's just all ridiculousness. And so we had 1600 people out there protesting. Awesome. So we have been working very hard on making the lives of our elected officials as difficult as they possibly can be. Because the one thing that I believe was Benjamin Franklin said, that democracy needs light. Mm -hmm. And what all of the elected officials all over the country are doing right now because of these executive orders is it allows them to do things in the dark. So they don't have to tell us what they're doing. And they don't want us to know what they're doing. So we are working very hard to make it as uncomfortable for them as possible. Our chairman of our our board of supervisors one day, halfway through one of our meetings, 
stops the meeting and says, I don't need to hear any more of you talking about the same things. We had 700 and some odd people. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. You know, we had a guest a few weeks back, Mass Palsvig, and he mentioned that what they were doing, it's along the lines of what you were doing, but they were also going in and saying that they were going to sue the individuals themselves, that that was getting some results. They actually had a victory because they were threatening, they were going after the people <laughs> who were trying to impose these things. And I don't know, you know, he's over in... Uh, Scandinavia somewhere. I'm sorry. Den- Denmark. Denmark. That's it. Denmark. But I, I imagine the same principle would work here. I actually have something to add to that. I had that experience. And what I did was I created, I told the person that I was having an impersonum relationship with them. In other words, this was an issue between this flight attendant and myself. And I told her I was giving her notification, et cetera, that it was between the two of us that she could not hide under Southwest Airlines skirt. And I was very clear about that. And that shut them down. So I'll just add that little bit. Okay, go on. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really wonderful that you've been going in and stopping meetings. And I'm just thrilled that you got that many people to show up at a demonstration. Were they holding signs and things so that media outside, people could Facebook them with live video. If you're speaking, Brian, we can't hear you. It looks like he has dropped. So why don't we bring on Lewis until he comes back on here? Yeah. Well, I'd like to just say that I have, I now have a new man crush after listening to Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I absolutely love, love what he's doing. In jest, the only thing I I would dispute is he said elected officials, and I've studied Orange County a lot, and I know there's at least four officials that were installed because at the last second in 2018 because of ballot harvesting, which that's a whole other story in that town. Um, It was supposed to be majority conservative, and then they won, and then the next morning they came up with all these ballots. Like, we haven't seen that lately, have we? And right. and then four of them, and I think the total was six, but I know it's been pretty well documented that four were installed as the uh, county official after that. It's just disgusting. Wow. There has to be some way of stopping these fraudulent elections. Uh, well, there is, and I, I think Brian's nailed it, and it's 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 we the people. Um, I like I heard a lot of what you guys are saying and you're, you're very factual in what's going on. Um, frankly, it's, it's depressing if that's all we pay attention to. And I have a little different take on this from what I'm seeing. I always, as some people that know me, I, I do my best to try to always touch base with everybody I possibly can. It's, it's, it's all about, I like to know what's going on at the grassroots constantly and there is a lot of fear fear out there, but I know that the narrative is switching. And the reason why it seems so epically bad, in my opinion, is because we are switching the narrative. And the cabal can't control the narrative as much as they could before. So what do they do? They try to convince you. If they can't convince you, eventually they're going to try to kill you. But what's going on right now 
is they're losing complete control of the narrative, right? And they've lost so many people. The, the, they have a lot less people vaccinated than they say they have vaccinated. So it's all a lie. So what do they have left? It's fear, fear, fear. Um, I posted this on my Telegram today. I said, here's an analogy. Imagine the grand finale of a fireworks display. It's awesome. It's powerful. But it's the end. The cabal is running out of ammo right now. So what are they doing? They have, this is their grand finale. They're pushing everything at us, mm -hmm. everything they possibly can because their backs are against the wall. I look at that as a positive. I don't look at, I don't look at it as a negative. It's scary as hell because we're in the middle of it. But to me, it's an absolute positive because that means they are scared. Their agenda had to be pushed forward because of the because of uh, Trump and his team coming in, so they had to push it forward. And I know a lot of people say, well, Trump's part of the PSYOP. If he did, then he screwed up because so many people are awake. My mm -hmm. point being is I see a lot of positive what's going on. I see more and more people every day red-pilling. I see people that will not take it up anymore. I see we the people standing up. I see and talk to people daily that they're like, I'm going to my, my city board meeting. I've never been to one in my whole life. So, and the audits are coming up. Supposedly, we're going to see the real audits 1 p.m. a week from today. That oh, can't wait. Right. Can't so there's a, to me, there's a lot of positivity going on. You're never going to hear that in the mainstream media, right? But people like Brian and, and other people out there, I bet you he sees it. I, Lewis, I, may I just cut you off for a second? Because you're talking very locally, California news. Yeah, I know the, it's more than that, but place. you're talking about the audits. Can you explain what these audits are oh, for in, the in listeners? Arizona, thank you very much. So, so there's the Maricopa County, to be specific, Arizona audits have been suppressed and suppressed and suppressed. They're going to release that information at 1 p.m., I believe it is Pacific time. I'm not sure about that, but it will be a week from today. And okay. I'm just just can you expand even further audits about what about the 2020 election so what they did okay. is they dove they dove into the 2020 election they already know that they're not saying if Trump got the votes or Biden got the votes but what they do know is in one county I believe there's almost 400,000 ballots that are not done correctly and that could be because the person was dead because Somebody said they didn't vote because it wasn't marked correctly, but the margin of victory in the whole entire state was only 10,000. So I think this will be a revelation. And my point with the cabal with their backs against the wall, they know that their show is coming to an end because not because of a Trump and not because of any other politician, because we the people are going into our city council. I frankly think the most power in the whole United States by far is in the hands of the county sheriff. So I, I try to get people constantly to tell your sheriff that you're a constitutional sheriff. You are not run by the corporation. It's amazing how much power the individual sheriffs have. We are taking our country back. It's painful right now, and we will get it back, and that's why I'm positive right now. 
Well, that's great. I, when I was talking about the audits, I thought there was also something else going on in California more recently, isn't it? With uh, yeah, well, Houston. I don't know if they're going to do an audit. Um, I I can tell you that there was what you're talking about is the recall election of Governor Gavin Newsom, and he got. Uh, 67% for the last time I fed it. In fact, CNN reported it at 66.6%, but that's part of their satanic agenda. If you, I mean, I can go on that on another day. But what happened is uh, he shockingly won. Now, I can tell you, because again, it, it, I do as much grassroots. Between my wife and I, we counted that we talked to almost two dozen people or more. And then I've talked to some people since. I have yet to run into one person and these are not all conservatives one person that said they wanted gavin newsom to keep his job not one and can but, i join in on that one for a minute one by 67 percent. it's absolute fraud in my opinion yeah please do brian okay so you know as part of what i'm doing i actually have people who were um pretty high up in the recall newsom campaign uh, that were in charge of the people doing outbound calling and knocking on doors and what they told me was that 95% of the Republicans said they wanted Newsom gone. It was 50-50 with the independents. So they went out and door knocked all of the registered voters. This is in Orange County, but, it, but it's probably pretty indicative of everywhere. They door knocked. They door knocked the Democrats. And the Democrats, 35 to 40% of the Democrats said they were voting to remove Gavin Newsom. Yep. So their polls, so the, the Politico polls, which of course are notoriously left-leaning, said Newsom was going to win by 1%. The internal polls that the Newsom campaign did showed him down 13. So they pulled out all the stops on the cheating. I mean, that's just all there is to it. They pulled out all the stops on the cheating. There was... Um, in L.A. County, and we've got friends who live in L.A. County, they went to polling places and the Republicans were all told that they had already voted and that they would have to do a provisional ballot. Mm -hmm. That happened in L.A. County, too. Yeah. And so and here in Orange County, a couple of the polling places were set up in places where it made it so inconvenient for people to get there and park that they didn't vote. So there was definitely a lot of uh, collusion on how to make it so that the Republicans would lose. And there is no question in my mind that this election was just like the November 2020 election. There is good news in this, however. So I always like to find the silver lining in all of this stuff. Newsom has exposed himself because he went so far over the top and no one who has any brains at all could say that it was a fair election. Because well, when you pull out Obama, you bring Biden in, you bring Kamala Harris in, you're desperate. Those were signs of a desperate campaign. They knew they were going to lose, and I'm pretty sure they were afraid they were going to lose the African-American vote. Well, I think they did, actually. Oh, I'm let me, sure they did. Let, but they let, me let me tag in three things to support what you're saying real quick. Um, one is that 
historically in recall elections or any election where there's a, a yes vote of something that exists versus a no vote, the yes vote is considered a passive vote. So you don't have much as much turnout for that. But the no vote is an active vote. So the, even your polling where that could have said that they were going to win by uh, – say he's going to be out by 13%, would probably have even ended up higher than that because traditionally the passive vote doesn't come out. The active vote does. That's one thing. Number two, and I pointed this out in line when I was placing my vote, there were strategic holes that were placed in the ballot. If, if you turned your ballot front ways, you could see the yes vote through that hole. So that's, that's scary as hell. Number two, if you put your ballot above a light, you could see exactly what was inside that ballot. Am I saying it happened? No, but I said I don't believe in coincidences anymore. Well, I mean, I think that there is some pretty good uh, maybe conjecture uh, that it did happen because they found that felon. I don't know how many votes I, I'd have to look it up with all the all the envelopes in his back seat and they can't see who what your vote was before you open the envelope so why were all the envelopes in the back seat for recalling you know mm-hmm. like those kind of questions uh, you can say well we don't know for sure but yeah we kind of do actually we've caught we've caught I mean, that's like getting the the hand in the cookie jar and you won't let go of the cookies and it's still stuck on your hand you know so well, Brian, probably, you know, this better than anybody on here because you're from Orange County. I was pointing on while you dropped off for a second that um, at least four and it may be six in Orange County in 2018, the vote was flipped overnight because of ballot harvesting. So it's the, the election fraud in California is it's. It's a cabal. It's a corporation is what they do in California. It's actually it is very rampant. Strategic, strategic. It is rampant. And, you know, Orange County, as you know, uh, and for people who are listening who don't know about Orange County, we are considered the Orange Curtain. So that means that we have all the liberal stuff around us, but Orange County is very, very conservative. And we supposedly lost in Orange County to Newsom which I have a very difficult time believing that Newsom actually took Orange County. No way. It's just not possible. I mean, I'm telling you, we had 20-mile-long anti-Newsom car caravans. We had people on all of the overpasses with signs saying, recall Newsom. And, yeah, they, they would tell me, you know, we got a few fingers, but we got more car honks and waves than we did the obscene stuff. So I just don't believe for a second that in this in this county, especially knowing what I know, where you know I did a, a rally in a Sunday one Sunday ago in Huntington Beach, and we had over a thousand people there. You know, you just you don't get those kind of turnouts unless these people are mad. And and that's the one thing people don't understand is at least in Orange County, and I'm sure it's in L.A., I'm sure it's everywhere, people are angry. They well, are fed up. I can tell you, Brian, I, I live up in I live up in Libtardville, okay? I, I'm in the Bay Area, which is in the Berkeley area, which is as liberal as it possibly could get. And I have just randomly, like Lewis, I went and just asked people, I'd run into people, you know, whether you're shopping or where, whatever you're doing, 
and uh, asked them casually what you know what they thought about this recall election. And and like Lewis, I did not run into a single person, and I'm in an area that's just not Orange County, just the opposite of it. So I find it very difficult to believe, and I find it also very interesting uh, that we have this. Actually, it's they saying sixty seven percent, but when you look at the numbers, they actually this is how calculated this is. It's sixty six point six percent for Newsom, and at the same time, we have Pelosi out there doing this very weird. And I should put it up on the page. This this really weird spell casting, dark magic cabal thing nope. with their hands and repeating these numbers. It was bizarre beyond belief. And um, it was, what, three days after 9-11, she starts in this thing and brings together all these numbers. It, it was just, I, I'm going to call it for what I see it, and that, that's like, that's dark, that's dark magic stuff that they're trying to pull off. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad stuff here. Well, I, so what, what are all these to... passionate voters going to do about this? I mean, I, I hear the passion, you know, that they're all lined up to vote, to vote him out, and now what? Well, we're we're coming up on a break here, so I don't know if we want to get started on that. But um, I, I do want to say one thing so that you guys up there in Libbyville or Libtardville, as you called it, mm-hmm. uh, understand that not everybody is sitting on their thumbs. So I'm helping a lot of different groups organize and start to do recalls. So this will make you feel good in Marin County. There is a recall movement going on right now, and it is growing and growing and growing every single day. Are you meaning recall or audit? No, this is recall. Okay. This is actually recall the Board of Supervisors and to recall the sheriff. Ah, that is a very, very highly liberal county. And it's a very liberal area, but they are getting really good traction. I mean, I've been so impressed with the, the folks that um, are doing that, and I haven't asked him if I can use his name, um, so I won't. But um, if anybody is in that Marin County area and wants to participate, by all means, have them reach out to me, and I will give them the contact name. Hey, Brian, I may have a question that you can answer in less than 60 seconds. Um, sure. In in regards to that, what are the protections that those ballots will be counted correctly? Because a recall is one thing, but actually getting the ballot counted correctly is a huge deal. Well, that's an issue of getting rid of the current county clerk and making sure that the county clerk is not a bad person. So there's other ways which when we come back, we can talk about how you go about getting rid of these different people because there's lots of different ways to do that. And when we talk about what's happening here in Orange County, I will tell you all of the different ways that we are working to try and make sure all these people go away. And this is applicable to all the states to get us moving. Absolutely. And And actually, you know, for our international audience, which we do have, all of these things are applicable we had a really interesting case uh, this week that I should put up as one of the, the on the fast links. We'll put that up. But it does apply. And I'll talk about that a little bit after the break. So here we go off to break and we'll be back shortly.
as you continue to work on yourself, the tribe comes forward. They'll come right to your door. So just keep doing the work and it'll come together. Yep, as you increase your frequency, then you become more mature in your manifestation abilities and your other higher senses and gifts come online and then you have more power to make your world different and better and how you want it. And so that's why working on yourself is so important because then you're going to create the reality that you want rather than get sucked into the dystopia that's being created by the negative or shadow side. We're becoming uh, Renaissance men and women where we have multiple skill sets and we can dance from science into art and we can use both sides of our hemispheres and we can realize how much we have to really offer and uh, grow into. And this is what's happening now. This is where we're headed into a really beautiful place. So we can rejoice in that despite the fear, despite what it looks like on the outside. This is how disease transforms. The mess in the chaos is necessary in order to see what you have before you so you can clean it up and just make decisions to change your reality. If you don't see it, how do you know it's there to even be changed? Or if you ignore it, right? Then how can you make the differences? You can't. So the mess is before us, accept our mess, and now know that that's part of empowerment to be able to see and to be able to transform it. Hi, this is Amanda Vollmer, and I was on the other side of the news and I really enjoy my time discussing deeper topics and really getting to the heart of truth and the things that matter in this world and what we are doing and why we're here and, and what we're heading toward. I really recommend listening in and, and learning, uh, expanding your awareness and your knowledge. It's important and these are the times to do it and we're being asked to pay attention and to challenge ourselves and uh, think beyond, beyond the box. Welcome back. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. This week's show is entitled The Great Reject. And we're on show number 74. We're joined by Brian Isley and Lewis Herms. My name is Timothy Saunders, and I'm with Kintia and Aneta. Guys, just before the break, we were aiming towards a, a milestone in the conversation. I don't want to break it up too much, but I would like to add in one point, which is it, it is my belief, maybe slightly different to your beliefs, uh, but let's put it on the table, is that you know, the government system may or may not be functioning in your area. And in my opinion, it's necessary to see if it is working or see if it's completely and utterly rotten. Um, but I, I think that parallel tracks are necessary because the government route, the democratic route, is a slow process. First, you need to tap it to see if it's rotten or if it's still healthy enough to actually function. Then it needs to be guided and the people need to vote and then people need to trust the you know the the 
the polls to, and, and then actually trust the results to actually see if the right leader is, is in, in, in power. So that all takes time. But on the other hand, you, you know, I read this week that uh, the likes of Pfizer, not the likes of, but actually Pfizer are currently asking permission or uh, obtaining permission, let's face it, there will not be, in my opinion, very much of a defense against it, to start injecting babies with their wonderful jab uh, as early as November in the United States. So my concern is while we're talking about government and that that process, which in my opinion is slow, uh, you know, things are happening. People are getting cornered. Babies may be jabbed with this poisonous shit uh, in a matter of weeks. So how, what parallel tracks are there that we can also follow in, in your opinion? Well, I think there's quite a few. So the first one, and it's the most important one, is that because we have short time frames, right? The so trying to change stuff at the core level is going to be difficult. And it's going to take time. The process is painful. But we have to do something in the meantime. And what the in the meantime, what we have to do is we have to come together. We the people have to come together and say we are not going to comply. So when they tell us that we need to, you know, take a jab, we need to do this, that, or that, we say no. But we have to come together as a large group to do that. So we have to start going back to community because this country has lost the concept of community. When suburbia hit, there's no downtowns, there's nothing happening in these areas. So therefore, all you do is you drive home, you park your car, you go into your house, and you don't come out, you don't know your neighbors. So it's it's coming back down to the grassroots. It's coming back to the very, very basic stuff. You know, I think it was Thomas Jefferson, I believe, who actually said that Democracy can work, and we can go down a very, very long path toward almost eradicating it. But when the people wake up, the people can take it back. And that's what we have to do. We have to actually stand up. We've got to show up. We've got to speak up. And above all else, every single one of us has to say, I am not going to comply. You know, here in uh, California, they just told us that all the medical workers have to be vaccinated by October 1. To give you an example of how stupid that is, Kaiser Permanente has 14,000 employees in Orange County alone, of which at least 40% are not going to take that shot. So what's Kaiser going to do? They can't fire 40, 40% of their workforce because they don't have anybody to take their place. So their business will fail. So the, if you coalesce and say, no, I'm not doing this and come together as a group and refuse, that's the first step because it takes the power out of their hands and puts the power back in we the people. And that's what people don't understand. We can actually fight back. There's so many ways that we can fight back. But I agree. I agree. Is I agree that we can fight back, but it also means building communities. Exactly. And and what I'm seeing is what I call the minority. In other words, those that are controlling these, you know, weak-minded puppet you know, government leaders. In my opinion, they don't do very much. 
apart from face or fronted. But the people controlling these uh, these these puppets are driving wedges through every every form of of community. It, is possible for example you know family it, it, it's it's dividing through religion it's dividing through uh, race it, it's it's this is what we see happening every every type of relationship is being broken down on one level or another uh, in my opinion so well, what, I what, I was just right. come, what i was going to come back to is that building if you know building communities is so fundamental i don't think it's also very helpful that we come on the radio and we start calling people for example, I think you earlier, you know, I think Aneta was referring to uh, liberal retards, which is name calling, in my opinion. So in Aneta, I don't see that as a very helpful point. You know, those are people who are, you know, it's necessary for them to join forces with you and you to join forces with them. We all need to be united in order to make this work. So I would you like to come back and. You know, have I taken the wrong definition of, of what you said by? Well, yeah, I, th- I think that those are kind of the donkeys. And, and truthfully, I mean, I could be wrong, but in hang my on, Hang on, those people are the donkeys. Uh, as, for, me, as, though, so for me, they're the donkeys, like the people in the, in the initial thing. I, I'm just, they aren't the people that are, are coming together and, and creating the change. They're just there. And so I'm just not paying attention to that. They're not the people that are listening to this show. They're, they're not the people that are, are active and creating any kind of change that I see. So okay. um, to me, it's like they're a non, they're, they're non, they just aren't participating. But so, shouldn't they be exactly the people that we should try and attract to listen to this show? And therefore, if we're calling them retards, they're probably not going to come running, are they? So my point is that I think we have to change <laughs> as well as they have to change in order to bring a community together. And I think that's the point. You know, it's very, it's very easy for us to say this is what has to happen and we're right. But, you know, even we're talking earlier about Trump and Biden. I mean, obviously, we all have different ideas about these people uh, as leaders. But in my opinion, we need to zoom out a little bit and say, OK, well, you know, presumably some people must have voted for them one way or the other. But what we need to do is to find the common denominator that brings the, the mass of people together in order to say, in order to make happen exactly what Brian has just suggested, which I think is is, is an excellent idea, is to come together in non-compliance. Yeah, um, Timothy, this is this is Lewis. The only thing I, I I will say, and it may shock a lot of people, I think Biden and Trump are inconsequential in us taking back our country. No, I totally agree. Okay, and I know I know a lot of people would dispute what I'm saying, and I'm not bashing Trump over this. I think he's done a great job in waking people up. If he comes back, he comes back. But he's not our savior. We, now I'm, I have a huge faith in, in God, but I believe God wants we the people to stand up individually. And that's very important individually. One thing I think we need to realize, though, is the construct, this matrix that we are in, is 100% intentional from the cabal as much as when brian was thinking was talking it hit me because i talk about this all the time isn't it funny that all new houses don't have front porches i don't think that's an accident yes i have my tinfoil hat on right now i do not think that's an accident because what does it do it keeps the neighbors inside instead of interacting with each other little things like that have been going on for 
at least 50 years. I think this whole construct started a thousand years ago, but that's a whole nother show. My point being is Brian's right on though. It's the lions who we need to focus on right now. And whether it's helpful or not to call somebody a libtard, I don't think personally matters right now because they are so asleep that we need to wake up the lions because the lions don't know what they don't know. That's my that's what I believe. Brian, what do you think about that? Oh, I, I'm in total agreement with that. You know, we we have a group of people and I, I can give you examples. I uh, was talking with one of our patients, very nice lady, got a couple of kids in in grade school and I'm talking to her. And I said, well, what do you think about this? And I can't remember what it was. And she goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how I'm like, how could you not know what's going on? Oh, well, you know, I'm so busy all day. You know, I've got my kids in school and they're playing soccer and they're playing volleyball and they're playing this and that. I don't ever have a chance to read anything. Mm-hmm. They're oblivious. And oh. So deeply oblivious, deeply oblivious. And they don't I mean, I've got a 33 year old daughter. And when I talk to her about this stuff, she goes, I'm not political, dad. I I don't want to talk about I don't know anything about I'm not interested. And I'm like, I'm not really political either. But at this point, I'm talking about our freedom. And the way this country has changed over the last especially 20 years has been amazing. And I'm talking to her, her and I'm saying, but don't you care about your freedom? And she goes, you know, dad, I'll, I'll take the jab because I want to travel. Yeah. And I'm like, have you read anything about it? Do you understand what it's going to do to your reproductive system? And she says, I just want to travel. I want my life back. So I'll do anything to get my life back. And I'm like, honey, you're not getting your life back. If you acquiesce to this. And, Yep. It's well, not going to happen. It's not. And she's she's been what I like to call Kardashian, which a lot of my family has also, because we, we're intentionally fed this stuff. And this is the way we should live life. This is what's important. It's all in it's all 100 percent intentional. So let, let me give an example really quick of how how deep the blinders are put on people. I have a mayor, or he's he's a friend of mine. He's been a mayor on and off in this town, but he's been either city council or a mayor for, I think, 27 years in a town of 60,000. He's a conservative. Him and his wife love Trump. He couldn't tell you anything about a Maricopa County audit going on. That's a mayor of a town, one of the most connected people there is. I had to enlighten him about the Maricopa. Maricopa on it. I also have a client. He's a pharmacist. He he is not. It's his political thing doesn't matter. But he's not. He doesn't like Biden. He's a he's a Trump supporter. But that's really inconsequential because what's most important to him is he just wants to do the right job. So of course I talk about you know you're probably pushing this or pushing that so on and so forth. I said I said uh, how many how many prescriptions are you getting for ivermectin? He goes, not very many. I said, did you know that the doctors in our county are forbidden to give a script for ivermectin? His answer as a top pharmacist in the county is what? No, I didn't know that. They are so deeply blind that it has to be we the people. Now, we could wake up 
anybody. Just today, my wife had, I call her the red pill master. She was with a client. The client had a caregiver with her. The caregiver had her mask on, right? My wife is talking to the client about the vaccine. Boom, 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 boom. And finally, as if she was an authority, the caregiver chimed in all of a sudden. And my wife listened and listened. She goes, well, let me ask you a question. Let's say I'm somebody you don't know. She goes, yeah, I go, let's say I give you a beautiful red apple. And I, I have an, a, um, sorry, I inject it with something and you don't know what that something is. Are you going to eat that apple? She goes, no way am I going to eat that apple. And she says, why? Why wouldn't you eat the apple? It's the most gorgeous apple on the planet. And the lady says, well, it could be filled with poison for all I know. She goes, hmm, interesting, isn't it? She goes, well, but you would take the vaccine from somebody you don't know when the actual pamphlet from the vaccine is blank. Why would you do that? Well, the end of the story is after she got done with her, this person took off her mask and said she's not getting the booster. People can change. They're open to it. They're just not being subject to the correct information. And that ties into the website that I'm building right now, but we can talk about that later. My point is, I, I'm with you, Brian, is it's it's grassroots, grassroots, grassroots. And when the people can start to talk, by the way, I believe that's why they've tried to keep us away from churches is because people will talk with inside of churches and get the Absolutely. word out. Absolutely. No question about that. So that's one of the reasons. And people will start to realize this. Now, do I think this is a long-term 1,000-year Satanist agenda? Yeah, but if I'm going to red pill somebody, that's not the first thing out of my mouth. I will drive them away. So I'll start with something small. And you have to. That's the only it, way it works. It's, it's a very interesting dialogue that you have with somebody when you first start talking to them. And you just have to kind of set the stage. You know, we're, we're blessed because we have about 3,000 patients in our practice and most of them are like-minded because we are holistic. So therefore we draw a slightly different crowd than the typical medical practice does, but we still have some of those who are not. And it's an interesting conversation to have with those people who are, you know, they, they just absolutely think that this vaccine is the only thing that's going to save the world. And when we try to explain to them that it's actually killing people, they don't want to hear it. But what we do is we just give them the clinical studies. We give them the facts and the data. Mm -hmm. And because most of these people are pretty intelligent, they actually will read it and then they'll go, oh, and it's amazing to see the transformation. So it can happen and it does happen but only with the people who are actually willing to look at the information. And that's the biggest problem that we have is there is a group of people that are so fear driven that they cannot listen to anything you say. And you can see them every day when you walk down the street, you see somebody walking, especially here where we live, walking with a mask on outside and they won't look you in the eye. Yep. They are fear driven. And fear is what they're using to actually control all these people. It is all about fear. You know, the Nazis did it. They did mm -hmm. it beautifully. And that's what we have now is fear. 
the doctors, there are more doctors don't like what's going on than do like it, but they're afraid to say anything because they're afraid they'll lose their medical license. And the California Medical Board is aligned with Newsom appointees, mm-hmm. and they are towing the Newsom line. And I am telling you, the stuff coming out of that right now is absolutely reprehensible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, it, it boggles my mind. I mean, we're fighting it right now, big time. Uh, and I don't actually know, you know, how we're going to deal with it, but we will deal with it somehow. Ryan, do you have any idea how much the doctors are being paid per injection to give an injection? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, we've tried to ferret that out, but I really don't know. Um, I am quite certain it's probably a pretty healthy amount of money. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you have to understand, and this is actually more important than anything else in the medical industry right now, for the first time ever in the history of medicine, more doctors work for large corporations than are in private practice. And the problem with working for a large corporation is they have a they have a paycheck. It's guaranteed, right? They know they're making X amount of dollars a week. But what the medic the, the big corporations do is they will say, you can't think for yourself. Here's your protocol. And you stick to that protocol. And oh, by the way, if you prescribe ivermectin, we're going to dock your pay. Yep. Um, I've heard there's an awful lot of incentives, a lot of holidays, a lot of travel, a lot of conferences in exotic places. There's a lot of uh, sponsorship, almost like Formula One or whatever other sports game you want to see on television. You walk into a doctor's office and you can see who they're sponsored by because they have the pen, the pad, the the wall chart, everything else. And just to give you some feedback, I heard the going rate in Europe um, is something around 30 euros. So that's uh, say for the sake of translation, $30 per jab. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. I I can give you a firsthand story of how much it is out here. And it's not for the jab. I Mm. I can tell you that an admission to a hospital, a nurse told my wife this, is if you, a COVID positive admission to a hospital was $13,000. If they're intubated, it was $39,000. But here's the crazy stuff. She knows, I think it's two people, but let's say for sure I know it's one, that a family member died of COVID. That's what, or did I'm sorry died they were tr- they tried to bribe the family member $5000 if you'll sign off if we could list covid as the death on the actual death certificate these are stories we've heard directly so this is this knowledge is pretty close to the source and this is in I'll say it Ventura County well we've had that happen here too um We've got patients whose parents, you know, went to the hospital. They had they they didn't have COVID, but they went to the hospital. And uh, you know what's happening right now is every time a patient is admitted to the hospital, they do a COVID test. Mm-hmm. And the COVID test, of course, is being run at forty-five uh, cycle thresholds, which yep. is much higher than what the CDC actually will look at when they're looking at. Gary Mullis said 17 max, if I recall. 
Yeah, Kerry did. I've read his book, Dancing in the Minefield, which is actually a really interesting book. Um, I read it after this all started because I wanted to understand what his thought process was, right? And when you look at what he says, you know, and ironically, if people don't know this, okay, the guy who invented the PCR test died in October of 2019 here in Orange County. And his cause of death was never published. So we don't know how he died. He just died a month before all this stuff started. So can, can I add on to that, Brian, real sure. quick? A lot of people don't know this part of the story. He was also a huge thorn in the side of Dr. Fauci. <laughs> like on, yes, on video, I have a, a, a video of him ripping Dr. Fauci and, and calling him out as, as a as a killer, a murderer. So I, I'm well, I don't sure know if we want to go into the Fauci thing or not, but no, I mean, man, that, there's... that may want to that may want to add fuel to the fire. That one is a whole two hours on its own, plus another five weeks. I mean, <laughs> that, there's so much wrong with that man. I can't even begin to tell you. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kerry Mullis, I would have loved to have met the guy. He was very outspoken about how we should not be using this test, which just only identifies genetic material. Right. And, uh, and especially the more amplifications, people don't understand. It's not like on... It's it's not it's not a straight curve, uh, so it, it keeps multiplying upon itself. Uh, so the difference between I my understanding is the difference between thirty five cycles and is like a one billion times, and then forty cycles is I'm sorry, one million times, and then forty cycles is one billion. So it, no, it's, it's, actually, it's, it's thirty a, cycles I, is a billion. Right. Okay. Okay. And forty cycles would be. One billion, uh, oh God, I don't even know, it's over trillions. It, yeah, it's like so, a gazillion, okay. I believe. It's yeah. in the yeah, trillions. It, it's, it, but it, it's not, e like, it just keeps amplifying over and over, like it's exponential. So, Because well, you're amplifying the amplification. Right. Right. I understand each cycle is double the previous. That's it is. So you start so. out with one, then it becomes two, then it becomes four, then it becomes eight, then it becomes 16, yeah. then it becomes 32, then 64, it's, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Great odds in Vegas. <laughs> it is. Well, there's interesting data on that particular situation. And actually, there's a video from Fauci that you can find, unless it's been taken down, where he admits that above 28 cycles, there is no chance at all of anyone having an actual active viral infection. So the interesting thing is that, you know, most of the tests, CDC still says, have to be run at 40 or 45 cycles. So if you've had H1N1, for example, you will have that same genetic code and it will cause you to actually appear to be COVID positive. But the fun part is for the people that the CDC are looking at for breakthrough cases, they have two criteria. Number one is symptomatic, the most important. Right. <laughs> Number two is a PCR test of 28 cycles or less. Well, it's it's a it's a clinical fact now in Simi Valley, California, that if you have a rattlesnake bite, you're COVID positive. True story <laughs> I could talk about when we come back after the break with a friend of mine. And you're listening to the other side of the news. Our guests tonight are Brian Isley and Lewis Herms. The show is called The Great Reject. They are so few, they're in the thousands, we are 
billions. We are billions of people. So they need technology, very advanced technology, to be able to control us. And that is where AI, 5G comes in. And then through the vaccine also get rid of two thirds of us. So it's like a very, very, very dark agenda they want to play out. But I tell you, the way I see the future, oh my God, fantastic. Oh, like my mom said, fan-bloody-tastic. Hi, this is Ola Damagod from LightOnConspiracies.com. You know, over the years I've done some 500 to 1,000 international interviews, and I just want to say the other side of the news is one of my favorite shows. So enjoy. Good evening, and welcome back to the other side of the news. Tonight's show is The Great Reject, and our special guests this evening are Lewis Arams and Brian Isley. And we've had a pretty lively discussion, and I'd like to pick back up on that. Uh, we were talking, we we're going to hear a story about a rattlesnake bite just before break. So, All right. It's a shorty, but a getting. So, um, I'm in the construction field, so we were on site sometimes with um, interesting conditions. And uh, a buddy of mine got bit on the tip of his finger by a, a little rattlesnake. <clears throat> so he went in um, and immediately. So they, they treated him. And generally, I've heard that that's enough. But then, of course, uh, he had good insurance. So they said, why don't you stay overnight? He stayed overnight. Um, they ended up taking, of course, a PCR test, and then they came back and said, you're COVID positive. Well, he was pretty skeptical about that because he knew he went in for a rattlesnake bite. So that was interesting to him. Of course, he didn't have any symptoms. So they said, we're going to have to admit you. He fought and fought and fought. And then, of course, they wanted to talk about the jab and so what he did which i thought was amazing is when they weren't looking he just grabbed his stuff and left the hospital but what he did which was even better is he anonymous anonymously went to a clinic down the street and took another test i'm assuming it was a PR, pcr test and that one came out negative so this is hyper intentional by these hospitals and I used to have a very good feeling probably 30 years ago about hospitals. My life was saved by them. But the more I've learned, they're all controlled by big pharma or a big portion of them are controlled by big pharma. So that's the story. True story. Incredibly crazy that that's the type of stuff that goes on. Well, you know, it's not surprising uh, because they're, it's all running on this this narrative, and as I said at the beginning, like, this isn't actually based on science. We're told, oh, follow the science. That that's really funny uh, for those of us that love science. Um, you know, we, we can see right through that. But I wanted to talk about this aspect of fear and science, how it goes hand in hand, and I wanted to speak specifically and get your opinion, both of your opinions, about the Delta virus. Here's the thing I wanted to, to preface this with is that we keep hearing about antibodies, but 
I, I want to make it clear to our listeners and, and anyone who's you know not clear with this that antibodies are actually pretty large and they work on things like bacteria and stuff that are outside the cell. Viruses, their whole job is to get inside the cell. And so they don't, uh, it doesn't work the same way. So what works on viruses are, is, the, is the part of the immune system called the T cells. And T cells go and wipe out um, these cells in your body that have been in, infested with a virus. And that's how that works. So to say that you have the antibodies and, and all of that, well, they're only... When they, when they say the spike, prone, spike protein antibody, that's crazy, first of all. And secondly, that isn't at all, that would have nothing to do with wiping out the virus. So that's the first part. But I, I also wanted to bring up the fact that, you know, we develop these immune uh, responses. We can test for them. They can also test the T cells. Um, and so they do all that. And people that have had SARS-CoV, the first version, SARS-CoV-1, uh, which was, I think, 17 years ago, they have antibodies that they built up, not antibodies, but like, a, a, you know, they're, I should say that they have T cell uh, immune reaction. And uh, those people are uh, not reacting to the Delta virus. Well, the reason is, is the Delta variant, because the Delta variant is 90, genetically, 99.7% the same as what they've identified as SARS-CoV-2, which is another story, but that's what they're saying, like that's how similar it is. The SARS-CoV-1 compared to SARS-CoV-2 is, is only an 80% match versus a 99.7. So the immune system still is reacting and still they still have total immunity to the SARS-CoV at 80%. So it is absolutely scientifically impossible to have this Delta variant out there and say that your immune system can't deal with it or you need all these boosters. Um, and then we're not even getting into natural immunity versus this so-called vaccine. So I wanted to talk about that, like how they're manufacturing this fear and all of the, the fake science they're throwing out there and see what your comments are on that. Well, can I can I go first on that one? Sure. Um, you know, we are we have been heavy in the research on this, right? So for folks who are not very scientific, I'm going to kind of put it in this way. So there are actually 29 proteins in the coronavirus. So the vaccine is taking and creating a protein that's called a spike protein, which is one of the 29. So if you equate that, think about a castle with a moat and you've got alligators in the moat, but that alligator can only see green and it can only see Kelly green. So you've got 29 other or 28 other colors that the alligator cannot see. So, and that, that virus is attacking the cell, right? It's trying to get into the cell, which is again, the castle walls. So the alligators can only see the Kelly green. When you get a variant, that's no longer Kelly green. It's a slightly different color of green that protein, the, the, the spike protein that they're creating can't see that. So basically, it's pretty useless for any of the variants. 
But natural immunity, because you have all uh, natural immunity gives you all 29 proteins protected. And on top of that, if one of them gets into the cell, you have B cells and T cells and um, Oh, God, I always get these two other ones wrong. One starts with a P and one starts with an M. And they're all natural immunity. So what's happening now is we now have a test for T cell immunity. We have a test for the antibodies. We're working on another test to look at the the, uh, microphages and the phytophages, I believe is the correct term for them, um, that we can test for those too. So we're actually working hard on proving that natural immunity is dramatically better than this vaccine, so-called immunity, which is even not immunity at all. Right. Hey, Brian, you could help me with this because this is from my limited knowledge and yours is expansive. Isn't a variant um, actually a mutation and isn't historically a mutation can be more infectious but less dangerous. Correct. And there's a very simple reason for that. For basic vir- virology 101, a virus is not here to kill you. A virus is here to live and to propagate and spread its DNA. So if it's too virulent and it kills people too fast, it can't spread. So normally when it mutates, it actually becomes less virulent. So all of this hype about the Delta variant, yeah, more people are testing positive. Okay, big deal. But the hospitals are not being overrun. If you look at any public health website and you look, because they all tell you this, you can't listen to the news. You've got to go to, the, to, to your local public health website. They will all have a dashboard now, which shows you how many people are in the hospital. And if you look... Virtually every hospital has 5%, 7% of the hospital beds are taken up by yep. COVID patients. Exactly. That's it. So, you know, they've made a mountain out of a molehill here. And the other thing that they're not telling you, and I will use Orange County as an example because I'm so intimate with it. Last year at this time, we had ten over 10,000 hospital beds available. Today, we only have 6,600 available because they've been closing wings of hospitals because they don't have enough people to work in them. So the total available beds have dropped, which makes it like more people are in the hospital and the hospitals are overrun. But it's because they don't have as many beds as they did a year ago. Well, 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 let me. That's a very big decrease. Just a second. I just asked a question. Exactly. I was going to say that in the UK, just to give you a uh, a reflection on that side of the, the Atlantic, 30 years ago, there were double the number of hospital beds there are today. So again, Lewis, if you just do the maths, you know, you have people breeding, you have people immigrating, and you have half the number of beds 30 years ago. So of course, you're going to have hospital shortages. So I'm very happy, not happy is the wrong word, but I'm, I'm very, you know, it's pretty predictable that also in your part of the world, the hospital beds are reducing in number, but I didn't expect it to be as quick as 10 years or one year. Well, and the other thing that you're seeing here in the U.S. now is that the hospital corps are gobbling up all the small hospitals. Mm-hmm. So like the hospital by our office has changed names three times in the last three years. 
because they keep getting bought by somebody bigger and somebody bigger. Well, that that's 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 not just a, a medical deal, though. That's it. We're in a corpocracy right now, so that's happening to virtually every business in the United States because that's how they assimilate their control. Oh, and there's there's so much about that that I can't even begin. <laughs> we we don't have the time to get into that. <laughs> I mean, it's creepy what's going on on the on the infrastructure side of the medical and and how everything is being controlled by a very small group of companies. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'd like to jump in here. Um because we have like 15 minutes left and I know that both of you are focused in creating some tools on your website, some infrastructure. And I really want to give you the opportunity to tell us about that so that more people, more lions can have the tools they need. Uh, I'd love, you want me to go first? Okay. Uh, Yeah, Lewis, you go first. Okay. Thanks, Brian. So our program that we're creating right now, literally creating right now, in fact, I was on a two and a half hour conference call before this with the web designers. It's called freedominaction.net, freedominaction.net. And the slogan right now, it's it's up to we the people, because it really is. So what I've noticed is there's a few, let's just call it red pilling or waking people up, whatever you want to call it. Um, for those of you that do not understand what red pilling is, I believe it came from the movie The Matrix. Take the blue pill, you stay asleep, take the red pill, you're you're awake and aware. And it, it probably came way before the matrix. But the point is, um, we need to try to red pill the normies, I call them. And the potential, potentially the biggest one being they, they aren't trained in how to have the conversation. We're not trained in how to have the conversation. So we tend to for lack of a better word, barf all the information onto somebody and they're turned off virtually forever from that because they just uh, picture you wearing a tinfoil hat. So what we are doing in regards to freedominaction.net is we will be teaching people, there's no cost for this, we're not looking to monetize this, we're gonna be teaching people on how to have conversations with the right people Uh, simply handing out a certain business card. We're going to have special links directly to videos that give whatever information that you want to give them, whether it's COVID, vaccine, um, our our government structure, how sheriffs can can take over and and do the work. Anything you can possibly imagine will have indexed on the website. And you could have a little business card that you can just drop off somewhere and it will go exactly to that video and it's kind of proprietary so it's hard to speak of it now but there's a way that we're going to have it so you can send anybody to any one of those videos we're not going to take credit for the videos those are going to be all the videos you see out there on the internet it's just going to be specifically indexed on our site and embedded on our site that's one thing and then i think one of the most important deals that we're going to do is we're actually putting together uh, like video and seminars where people can ask questions and tell the stories on how they talked to somebody and it worked or how they how they didn't. In my opinion, there's millions and millions and millions of lions out there that are waiting to be woken up. 
they just don't know what they don't know. So I don't fault them for that in the least bit. Um, we're very excited about this project. Anybody can go to freedominaction.net right now. There's just one page, and it's called the ABCs of Red Pilling. Put your email address in there as soon as the site's launched, hopefully within the next week. Uh, you're going to see a lot of incredible things there. And um, it's costing us a fortune, and we're not charging anything for it whatsoever. And we're looking to partner with people. Uh, uh, something else real quick that's going to be on there is there will be actual scripts of what you can take as a person into your local city council or to your sheriff's office on having the conversation that you want to have. Because the fear is a lot of people don't know what to say. So they can have a script, they can download it for free, they can change the words in it, but it'll be right there so they can know they can go in in confidence and say what they need to say in front of their city boards, their school boards, sitting down at the desk of a sheriff. It's going to be fun stuff. I'm very proud of what we're doing with this. Lewis, I got to tell you, that's awesome. I mean, that is awesome. <clears throat> you know, and, and so we're kind of working on something that will, it's not the same. But it is similar, and what we're working on is we are actually building out our website right now to where people can log on, and they will be able to actually look at how they can participate as an active citizen. And that means many things to many different people. So to, when you talk about activism, a lot of people think that you have to get up, stand up, speak up, and that you're going to be a target but you don't have to be. So what we're going to do, and, and I think it's going to fit right within what you're doing, I, I think is a perfect, and we'll have to you know, have that conversation offline. But what we're doing is, you know, we're, we're doing a recall, but the problem with the recall is that it is a last dish effort. It means that we failed as citizens. We let these people do things that they should not have been doing, and we were asleep. So now we have to wake up and we have to actually do things. And doing things is not necessarily what I do or what Lewis does or what you guys do, right? Because that's not everybody's wheelhouse. There, some people are really afraid of getting up and speaking in public. So it can be something as simple as boycott, boycott. Telling people that you can vote with your dollars, but boycott, boycott, for some people, they just go, oh, I'm not going to buy anything from Amazon anymore. No, that's not what you do. You stop buying from Amazon, but you write the CEO of Amazon and you tell them, I am never spending another friggin' penny with you. And here's why. And then you turn around and say, and I've got 15 other friends who are going to do the same thing. Because what people don't understand is that CEOs, and I was one, so I know how this works, CEOs, CEOs get paid three ways. They get paid on their salary, they get paid on bonuses, and then they get their stock options. And that stock option is their money machine. But stock options are only good if their stock price is high. So if you take away their revenue because the markets punish companies who don't meet the revenue that they think they should have, so by telling a, a, a CEO, I'm going to take away your money, you are taking money out of their pocket. And Coca-Cola is the prime example of this. Coca-Cola came out and said that they were going to teach people how to be less white. 
And I and a whole bunch of other people wrote Coca-Cola and said, no way, Jose. And we quit buying Coca-Cola products and their sales dropped. Six weeks later, Coca-Cola came out and said, we're going to re-roll that program back. Because their CEO went, holy crap, I'm not going to get my quarterly bonus. I'm not going to get my 10 million shares of Coca-Cola stock. And even if I did, it's only going to be worth half of what it would have been otherwise. So we teach people, boycott, boycott. That's the easy one. Anybody can do that. And it doesn't require a whole lot to do that, but we need people to step up and do those kinds of things. We need people to show up at their board of supervisors meetings. They don't have to talk. They just have to show up. They got to show up at their city council meetings. Again, they don't have to talk. They just got to show up because if you show up, you're showing your elected officials you're paying attention. They don't want you there. So it, it makes them uncomfortable because now they have to actually be accountable so there's, you know, getting involved in your community, uh, getting involved in and sitting on a water board, for example, which takes an hour a month. It's no big deal. There's all sorts of ways that people can get involved. And most people don't think about that. But today in this world, we have to be active. We can't we can no longer sit on our sofa and say, oh, I voted. Yay, I got my I voted sticker. Because I voted doesn't mean jack. What means something is actually going out and making sure that people are doing what they're supposed to do. And you can do that in so many ways. So we're going to put that piece together. We're also putting the piece together. Um, actually, one of my committee members, his father wrote a book called How to Take Back Your Government. He wrote it in the 70s. We have the rights, and, and we're going to be posting it out on our website. And it's all about how you actually go about becoming an elected official because people need to do this. In San Diego County last year, there were 312 empty positions on boards. And who got appointed to those positions? Lefties. Because the Republicans sat back and said, I did my job, I voted. So we have to become active. And that is so critical to being able to take this country back and make it what it should have been and what it used to be. So, Lewis, I applaud what you're doing. I think it's awesome, and I want to be a partner in that, and I want to be able to put my stuff and hook it together so that we can put together a whole recipe, if you will, a playbook that says this is how you do this. I, I really think that's important. I am so excited to partner with you. I think we're going to do some amazing things together. And we, the people, are stepping up. I'm seeing it firsthand, and it gives me chills to watch it because this this is absolutely biblical. We will look back at this time in history, no matter how painful it was, and we will see how the world took back their sovereignty, and we're going to make it happen. I'm in firm agreement with you, brother. Firm agreement with you. <clears throat> Well, I'm greatly encouraged that we will have these tools because I I want to see some changes where I live. And, you know, like you say, if you don't know what to do, you feel you lack the confidence. So thank you. Thank you so much. 
So I do want to throw a couple of other things in because I think they're important. And um, so number one is I am helping with two projects. One is a project called Public Square. And you can find it at publicsq.com. And it will be available as a download on your phone on the 26th of this month. And what Public Square is, is an app where businesses like mine – where I believe in constitution, I, I we adhere in our office to constitution. We um, also do not discriminate based on vaccine status. We do not discriminate on mask, no mask, any of that kind of stuff. This public square helps you as a consumer hook up with businesses that support your philosophy. And it's really important. So um, it rolls on the 26th. And the keynote speaker at the rollout meeting is Dennis Prager. And I found it. I'm going to put it on the page. <laughs> so that's number one. That is so important because it gives us a community. It gives us a place to go and do our boycott boycott. We can find businesses who support us and we give them our money. So it's really important. The other one, and it's more long term, is I'm involved in another project where we are actually going to develop communities in different states, different counties that are freedom-based as well. And we have a major bank, I want a major bank, but it's a bank here in Orange County who is going to do all of the development funds for it. And we will be building town squares like I grew up with in Indiana, where we had a town square and people walked around and they knew the business owners. So it's small business focused and it's also very much focused on freedom. So look for that. It's coming. It's going to be a couple of years before we ever get anything off the ground. But I want everybody to know that there's a lot going on to try and make sure that we keep our freedom and we well, keep this, our voice. This is fantastic. So I signed up to Public Square while we were talking, while you were talking. But even more important than that, we were going to do a whole dedicated portion of our website to do exactly what you're already doing. So I think I'm going to talk to you and hopefully we can just partner together, take take something off of my chest, but we can add to it. I hope this is amazing. I'm so excited you're already doing it. You're a step ahead of us already. That's excellent news. Thank you both very much. And believe it or not, we've come to the end of the runway. So despite the initial unpleasant realization of the truth, you will see there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is an increasing number of respected journalists, writers, politicians, doctors, lawyers, influencers, artists, activists, and innovators who are wide awake and are already making great impact. All they require from you is to unplug from mainstream and social media propaganda, to make your own independent research, to stop acquiescing, and to stand up for what you believe in with respect to others. Remember, you were born with power. You wake up each day with power. It is entirely up to you how you choose to retain or give it away. You've been listening to another live broadcast of The Other Side of the News. This 74th edition is entitled The Great Reject and remains available to all listeners free of charge at www.theothersideofthenews.com. My name is Timothy Saunders, and together with Kintia and Annette Driscoll, offer special thanks to our guests, Brian Isley and Lewis Hearns. 